So mm-hmm. she just turns up and I was like, holy fucking shit, yes! <laughs> Captain's Fold, Stardate 12302.1.6. Hello and welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of Cinema Sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always is our beaming ambassador, Danae Hughes. Uh, Stardate 12345678. It nearly was, wasn't it? Uh, I know. It nearly was. It was like, oh shoot. Like, all of my instincts were to carry on counting, but I'm an, ad- I'm an adult. 12302122329992. Wait, wait, wait. No, just one. How, how are you, Ambassador? I'm good. I'm I'm excited and nervous because I, I'm enjoying this process. Um, but we'll see what happens after today. I feel like I have too high of expectations. Um, and I've spent the last few episodes lowering them. <laughs> so <laughs> No, you enjoyed last week's episode. I did. I th- it was no, much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I we're at the the we're a third of the way through. So this week we'll be looking at season one, episode four, which is called Absolute Candor. Um yeah, so we're a third of the way through. What I'll say is that the series definitely has a lot of work to do in the opening three episodes to set up a new universe. And it probably gives itself too much work to do when most of us just wanted to say hi to Picard and the cast of TNG. And we're ins- simple people. Yeah, we're a simple people. And this, yeah, it sets up an entire like kind of new universe with a whole bunch of lore. But I feel like, so I'm watching a lot of Marvel right now in, mm-hmm. in my real life for our job. Um, and then just in general, because Marvel is releasing, you know, all these TV series or these streaming series that sort of companion along with the movies that they put out and Star Trek has that same potential, I feel, because mm-hmm. they have so much lore and they have so much content that they can pull from. And so in a way, I'm like, okay, is Picard sort of intended to set up new people for for bringing them into this universe? Or is this like a standalone series? And that's something that I'm still not quite sure of. Like we have this new captain, for example, that I mm-hmm. have, we haven't spent a ton of time with. Um, yet in the series and I'm thinking okay you know is this trying to set up another kind of like a handshake a little hand off Mm -hmm. from the past into now but I haven't really got that vibe from this show just yet it's Mm -hmm. mostly just setting everything up for what could happen yeah so yeah I'm kind of watching for that too like is this actually just sort of trying to set something up for the future it's really obvious when Marvel does it Oh, like, yeah, because you've got a post credit scene that confirms any mm-hmm. suspicions that you might have. And Right. But here in Picard Land, it's a little different. So yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how at the end of this I'm going to feel. Is it a bow? Is there going to be like a little bow on the story for Picard? Mm. And then a nostalgia boost for more content coming out? Mm-hmm. Or is this like a one-off thing? So What I suspect is that if any of these characters gain traction with the fans and blow up on social media, they'll get their own series. So this happened with Pike. So Anson Mount um, joined Discovery as Captain Pike and immediately became the most popular thing about the show. And they just straight away gave him his own TV series and that's going to come out next year and that's him commanding the Enterprise. So if anybody exploded like that, they would give them a spin-off. So I think there's a little bit of testing the water here while also Mm -hmm. giving Picard a victory lap because... Our man Sir Patrick 
isn't going to be acting for a whole lot longer. So squeeze it in. Um, we yeah. know that season two and three have been filmed. So we season two and three of what? Picard. What? You know this. I forgot. Yeah. So really? we know we're getting more, but I think that's going to be it. I think that'll be the lot. Oh my god! We don't have to watch it though. It's fine. <laughs> You are not obligated. I will get Jeremy to do this or Jonathan. Oh, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, uh. Listen, listen, listen. Let's just jump into it, shall we? <laughs> With that, we will see you guys for a full debrief in 10 Forward after we have watched episode four of Star Trek Picard. Computer 2 to beam out. Okay, welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode that me and Danae just watched together. Most important question first, what is your beverage of choice? Oh, I right now have no beverage and I'm realizing that's a mistake. Yeah, we've got to ask the replicator for something. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> pretty sure it just gave me marshmallow soup. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Well, so I, I gotta would... fuck myself there. Oopsie. <laughs> the one time you need the red, well, this will serve you right. I know. I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. I would like a gallon of exposition, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So the episode we just watched, episode four, um, absolute candor. The crew's journey to Free Cloud takes a slight detour when Picard orders a stop at the planet Vashti. Um, where Picard and Raffi relocated Romulan refugees 14 years earlier. Upon arrival, Picard reunites with Elnor, a young Romulan he befriended during the relocation. Meanwhile, on the Borg Reclamation Project, Narek continues his attempts to learn more about Soji, while his sister Nerissa's impatience with his lack of progress grows. And then Seven of Nine turns up! A very good recap. Yeah, I feel like because we just left in the beginning of the show and I was like, you know, so feeling upset about, you know, how long Picard is going to go on that I need to just check in and be like, you know what, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's great. It's <laughs> She's fine. okay. She's actually enjoying herself. I'm not <sighs> holding her here against her will. I promise. This might be part of the problem with not binging things for me, though, is like mm -hmm. time goes on between when we watch it and I get out of the rhythm of enjoying it and then kind of getting back in. I've I've stopped almost caring and I hate that about myself because mm -hmm. there were parts of this episode that I was like, oh yeah, I like this. You know, this is fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling it as well. Like I've watched it. The first time it came out, obviously watched it week to week, but the two times I've seen it before, it's back to back and it's so much better. When you go back to back? Yeah, when you do it back to back. I'm yeah. really feeling the length of each episode and the pacing problems and yeah, it's like three episodes of set up and you're like, we're in space, let's go. And then we do another jump back mm -hmm. in time to explain more about a period in history that, yeah. yeah, we need to know. But this was all to introduce Elnor. It's almost feels like an afterthought. Yeah, there's a so Elnor is being introduced and the culture of Elnor is being introduced another subset of romulan culture that we now need to get used to as well Le legitimately and truly uh we we had there was a moment in this where it was um just so many more words there's a romulan mm -hmm. rebirth movement and some rangers and a power vacuum that's by something else and it's the same it had that same feel as other episodes previous where you kind of want some sort of um 
manual to assist you with your watch along a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but for those who really enjoy Star Trek and kind of know the lore, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to repeat myself too much because I've said it in previous episodes, but there are people who probably are really excited about like understanding the history or just being able to take these new names and these new places and these new words that associate with like politics and government Mm -hmm. and all that. And it's just kind of a natural stick it over here in my mind. And this is where it goes. But for myself, who I love the characters, but all of the words lose things for me. I'm learning how to, or at least remembering how to shut that part of me off that wants to keep track and just enjoy the show and trust so, that the show will remind you of the stuff that you yes. need to know. Yeah. Because uh-huh. it will. They do that on the previously on section. You know, this yeah. this episode starts off with a previously on that was genuinely helpful to me. And I know that mm. we sin that in our <laughs> job a lot. Yeah. But there but there is a, a purpose to the previously awning a little bit. And this mm. one, like Picard was talking and, and he was just setting up like, you know, um, Data had two children. One was murdered in front of me. Did or did. Now he said that again in the episode when he was talking to Elnor. But mm-hmm. um, it, sometimes those previously on just kind of put you back into the world a mm-hmm. little bit uh, for for the non bingers. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and that was helpful. And it's okay. Like I don't mind world building. I don't. I really don't. And I guess Star Trek can have the confidence to do it because. They've kind of put in their time and in a way it's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, And also it is fun to see the different races and the different species. You know, when we were like first on that planet uh, 14 years in the past, Mm. it's just like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, we're getting to see uh, Star Trek creators and producers sort of flex a little bit and being Mm -hmm. able to show us these uh, worlds using CGI and really different set pieces and things like that, that maybe they couldn't have done, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. Oh, we found it looking very cardboard and uh, paper mache Which was fun back then, yeah. but now it wouldn't really hold up. You know, right. like back then it's like, okay, we're going to take our, um, you know, we're going to go shoot in the desert and to you get this absolutely feel. absolutely know it's a desert on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they're just gonna add some fluffy things in the background, <laughs> the foreground. We're gonna let's make the sky purple because we can do yep, that. Yep, yep. We're gonna just some smoke, some colored smoke. That'll yep. be interesting. Yeah, and then create costumes and then create like weapons that look unique or whatever. But now we have this where it kind of like this planet. What was it called again? Um, uh, Vashti. Vashti. Yeah, it had a vibe of like Lord of the Rings. Uh, elf kind of yes vibe. very like in much the background yeah. it was very especially where the co live like it's almost like they're up on a big hill and yeah. they're like kind of secluded and they're the the kings and queens almost but they're actually the nuns they are warrior nuns they're warrior nuns mm-hmm. we've learned so that's kind of cool um yeah so i don't know there's like a i, I kind of like part of me is like i don't mind this mm-hmm and part of me wants to get in uh, you know when you told me that when you reminded me rather that there's like two and three seasons mm-hmm. i, I kind of calmed down a little bit because i guess i kind of feel like oh we need to be getting somewhere because we don't have like a ton of episodes so mm-hmm. let's go but that's not always how storytelling works you often have to lay the foundation i just hope that the foundation that they're spending so much time creating is something that really pays off yeah where yeah. we spent enough time here that it makes t- sense later it does seem strange to me that there's so much exposition in the first three episodes, 
And it honestly, it feels like at the end of episode three, it's like we're on mission now. We're going to Free Cloud. Let's kick off. It feels like almost a comma or a stumble to then, like you kind of relate to Rafi, um, to, to Rafi and uh, Dr. Gerati. And Rafi's angry that they're detoured to, um, to Vashti. And Gerati's just really confused about why they're detoured. So between the two of them, they accidentally or maybe deliberately sum up how the audience is feeling. It's like, will you just get on with it? Also, what what is happening here? What's going on? Like, Dr. Gerati was just little miss, answer the ask the expositional questions. Like, what is absolute candor? Why are we here, (laughs) Captain Picard? Oh my gosh, yeah. Can we talk about absolute candor? Are we are we skipping around a bit? no, we can talk. So I guess the we're introduced to the Kuat Milat, which is another group of Romulans that have never been introduced in Star Trek history. This is brand new. Um, so there's a lot of Romulan world building that goes on. Um, TNG did loads with the Klingons. So we know pretty much everything about Klingon culture, their rituals, their history. So, 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 so much. We know next to nothing about the Romulans. So I think that's why this series has focused on it so much because there's an entire culture there that we haven't tapped into and it's just a big sandbox that people can play in um Mm -hmm. and the Kuatmala in particular have been picked up in discovery as well in season three so they uh they they're properly canon they have been picked up by other series as well they are pretty cool looking not gonna lie you know yeah uh, they have they're all in black so it's kind of a play on the nun thing where mm. you know you've got you know like you're thinking like when you Bad-ass think nun monks. you think like purity and all yeah. this stuff but these are like you know they're kind of just dressed all like almost like ninja yeah style. very much very, very mm-hmm. much with the samurai swords as well and i did think that they did a good job throughout this episode of saying things that we now can call like now i know that they will bind themselves to a cause i know that you know, they're very direct with their words and they expect that what you say is what you mean mm-hmm. without, you know, masking anything. Um, and I love that. There was a mention of it being annoying. Uh, I can't remember who said it. Oh, but it was Agnes something like, says it, Gerati, which is funny because I think she, they made her say it because she is the one that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a bit tongue in cheek. I think you're right about that. Uh, which, by the way, I love her. She's great. She's adorable. Um, She's so good. Well, she's also very direct and forward and she just uh-huh. says what she's thinking, you know, and so I've I I kind of was more drawn to her in this episode than in previous mm. episodes. Like I know I'm but, annoying and I know I'm annoying you and I'm gonna keep mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I like I liked the the candor uh, idea. Mm. I've I've had friendships where I've been able to be gut level honest, even if I know because we're kind of trained to avoid hurting each other. With our and just avoid conflict selfishly, just to avoid calling people out because it, it, it leads to difficult conversations. But if you can find a way to do it, to not even just call out, but which is part of honesty and just directness. But if you find a way to be honest using, you know, the candor, <laughs> there's a way to call people out and have conflict where it's not combative and yes. like caustic. But you've got to have both sides at the table for that. They, you've both got to go into it knowing that, okay, we're just talking about honesty here. Let's leave the ego at the door. The introduction to the idea of absolute candor in this episode, however, was a little jarring to me and mm-hmm. probably very purposefully so with Picard and the, the the lady. I don't remember her name. It's okay. 
um, the nun lady mm-hmm. when she's just like, you know, Picard hates children and doesn't say hate. Picard doesn't like children Basically. because they're annoying and they're a waste of time or mm-hmm. however that was that whole scene. And I, I was really uncomfortable with that because I, I thought, OK, does Picard not enjoy children? Is this part mm-hmm. of the like his backstory that yes. I've just forgotten? So episode one um, and it's jarring for me and I have all of the pieces because it for me it played as yeah we all know this why you you're slapping me in the face with it so that i notice that he's changed but you also if you hadn't acknowledged it it would have been like oh well picard doesn't like children this isn't the picard that i know and love so in episode one of tng he takes Riker to one side and says for some reason starfleet has chosen to give me a ship with families on board and it is your responsibility to make sure I don't make an ass of myself. And there is this running theme of Picard not being comfortable with children. And whether that's because he's never put them as a priority because of his career or whatever. He's awkward with Wesley when he's a teenager. Um, okay. He gets trapped in a lift with three kids and it's beautifully awkward. It's so, so good. Um, but Well, then that's awesome. I just didn't remember mm. that. And what a... What a great, that's the kind of stuff that as a fan, I would love because yes. it's like, good, you're you're staying true to character. Yeah. And what a way to introduce like a strange dynamic between Picard and a child that would grow up to be an adult that would help him in the future. Like that's it's just gorgeous. a smart move. Yeah, I that's really, really, cool. really love it. But I didn't need them to almost be protective about it. Like if Picard is playing with kids... I get it. You grow up, you change, you evolve. His perspective has changed. His career is over. He probably has regrets now about not having kids, so it makes sense. But they, it did feel like they had to be a bit defensive about it, saying, yeah, we know he doesn't like kids, and we're doing something about it, instead of just letting it happen. But hmm. it is, it's his relationship with Elnor, I buy more than him and Rafi. I buy more than anyone else we've met so far. Like They have done a great job of bonding those two together like Elnor really loves him and just wants his approval and has felt abandoned for the last 14 years can we can we use that word abandonment to to leap off into the next thought about Mm -hmm. this episode yeah so so in this episode I I'm I'm watching how people are responding emotionally and factually to Picard Mm -hmm. being the reason that there is an abandonment and I kind of am going back and forth in my mind. So let's just chat about this. Mm -hmm. So the frustration from some of the Romulans is like, you left us, you abandoned us rather Mm -hmm. than you rescued us and we would have died. Right. Um, Correct. Was the idea that they took the Romulans and they just put them on whatever planet that they could. Whichever one was closest and safe. Yeah. Get you out. Like, and then we're going to come back and we're going to put you someplace else once we have another place set up. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you stay here for now so that you don't get blown up and then we'll deal with where six billion of you go. Okay. So, so then the, the, the plan of getting them from the rescue planets to the final planet is thwarted because Starfleet yeets out. Yeah. Because the fleet. Um, was basically destroyed. Whichever Romulans had been rescued up to that point, that was it. And also, the Federation just decided, hey, the Romulans are kind of weak now. Let's leave them that way. Is what's implied. Like they didn't go back and do it. They was like, well, they're okay on that planet. They'll be, they'll be fine. So then there's like the idea is that there's no communication from Starfleet from that moment on or mm-hmm. Picard. 
Okay. So Picard shows up after 14 years and they're like, you left us here because we were weak and we trusted you. Mm -hmm. Not grateful at all that they're just alive in general. Mm -hmm. They are aware that their planet was destroyed, right? Like they're like the last ones, right? Yeah, so the interesting, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that they are. There's, there's probably, okay. I think there's a few planets filled with Romulans, like a few colonies and whatnot. But I, th- the, the, the key thing he says is that you underestimated us and you underestimated like Romulan genius. So he is so arrogant that he thinks if you'd left us alone, we would have we engineered would have a solution. Right. But because we depended on you, we didn't bother to think of another solution. And that's fine. I mean, like the hubris of it is fine. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not bothered by that. I'm just what I'm kind of stuck on is that Picard thinks that he. Okay, okay, okay. So Picard loses his job. Mm-hmm. He puts it on the line. He's like, "Do this or I'm out." Starfleet says, "Well, then you're out." So then he he quits his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he re- resigns from Starfleet. And so is the idea here that he then goes to his vineyard and then just pouts for fourteen years? Basically. Okay. And he does address this with the, the warrior nun lady. He says that he regrets letting perfection be the enemy of the good. So because he couldn't rescue all the Romulans, he decided to do nothing and just hide and bury his head in the sand. Further from that, mm-hmm. the thinking is then that had he done something in the last 14 years, he would have taken, without a job, he mm-hmm. would have somehow gotten a ship and then just started teleporting or transporting like, 10 at a time to nearby planets over the last 14 years all by himself like funded by himself because he didn't have resources after he left starfleet yeah well that's what they're saying and i think it's he could have chosen to stay in starfleet instead of Mm -hmm. saying i'm out and losing all of his influence like they don't care they just see him as the embodiment of starfleet they don't care why he quit or why he left the perception i don't the perception is okay like or i mean it's uncomfortable because there's confusion Mm. I just like I'm trying to get into the mentality of of Picard because yes he could he could have not resigned but then he still wasn't going to be able to go and rescue the Romulans right because they were telling him that he couldn't. Yeah, but the existing Romulans he could have helped them. So the communities okay. that are now there and whoever was saved have devolved into like gangs and just mm-hmm. a crappy riff-raff. way of living and riffraff. Whereas they could have it's it is such a parallel to british colonialism and empire stuff it's like no it genuinely is like we're gonna go over we're gonna bring you civilization and then we're gonna fuck off and then you have the next 50 years to do whatever you want but we're gonna give you this technology and we're then just gonna leave you to it and hope that everything works out fine instead of expect that we still have a tie together yeah and expect you to still be cool and invite me over for tea and crumpets um it's it's so similar to that and yeah they're just they're just pointing all of this anger at Picard. Um, even though in reality he couldn't have done he couldn't have really done this much. Is, even this in is Starfleet. What, okay, this is what yeah. my thing is. Mm-hmm. Is it, Picard himself is like, I'm sorry, you know, we failed you, I failed you. It's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, but how how is that true? I guess you could have not buried your head in the sand and maybe sent a couple of letters. I think the <laughs> I think the point is he didn't even try. Like, okay. he would have been happy if he the pouted. last 14 years was campaigning mm-hmm. and helping and done mm-hmm. something. But instead, he did nothing. He and that's worse than okay. not trying. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, yeah, I then that's, that's a disappointing revelation about Picard. But, you know, oh, he's a human. He's yeah. a human, too. And I know that's kind of the point of the show is showing his failures as a person. I know mm-hmm. that was a long way to get there. 
but so the abandonment part yeah but the abandonment part was like i was like okay but how did that how, how is, does this why you so pissed at him? work? Yeah. And it was interesting to see the Romulan side of things, whether they're delusional or not. I, mm. It's fine. Like, it's just interesting story. They're There's angry. always going to be a villain, you know? Yeah. But watching Picard villainize himself, now I understand that it's like he didn't do much for 14 years, if anything. And that mm-hmm. is a, that is sinful. Yeah. So thinking about it, like, there is a nice bookend to the Romulan story here is we see Starfleet's side of it. We see what stopped them from helping. And now we see the aftermath. We see what the Romulan side of the equation is. So mm-hmm. in that respect, it is, it's a bit jumpy and it's a bit all over the place, but you do get the full picture by mm-hmm. the end of it. And yeah, we can almost put that to bed now and move on to the, to the actual mission. Right. Except for that now we have a decapitated person. So yeah. that was a, a decision Ooh, that they made. They did. <laughs> and I'm really, really relieved that Picard took Elnor to task for that because he got murdery so quick. He murdered two Romulans in front of everybody. Two? Oh, yeah, he did. He stabbed the first one. Yeah, yeah, Uh yeah. Uh Please, Uh choose to live. I mean, you know, what a way to show that this kid knows how to just kick all the ass. Oh, it's badass. Um, It was awesome, but it's not very Star Trek. Like, that was a full-on decapitation. That was a full-on decapitation, but we also have seen an android just fully murder a room of people, too, in Picard. So. Yeah. So it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of like, ooh, that's... We're dark. We're this show dark is growing up. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so I have a question. Um, how did you feel about Rafi in this episode? I think Rafi is playing the role of questioning Picard and um, trying to move the mission in a particular direction really well. I don't think that she did much in this episode other than be the one that questions Picard. Mm -hmm. There was a moment when she sort of kind of connected to Picard as a human that might be dying soon. This could be his last time to go to this planet, which I like that scene. I thought that was a really good moment between the two of them where Mm -hmm. where he's like, you know, I'm going here. I'm I'm revisiting uh, Vashti because I might die. I might never even get to go back. Um, three cheers, hip hip hooray that we have a warrior joining us and now seven of nine. That's just part of the fun <laughs> of the of this yeah. mission progressing as the story wants it to. Um, I think she has an ulterior motive for going where she's going and I think she's driven by her own agenda. That's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that before long she'll be right back in with kind of wanting to be a part of the crew that's assembling and find, you know, they're going to all find their dynamic. The dynamic of this crew is interesting as well. You have the wide-eyed, uh, this is my first time in space yeah. character, <laughs> which I love. Um, so you good. have the captain that's space sort is boring. of... <laughs> <laughs> why is it called space it should be called like all the stuff Lost amounts of stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really enjoy her her uh inquisitiveness and directness and scientific mind and mm. like when she walked into the meeting and she's like is this like a private meeting or am i part of the crew it's so cute that's me in real life yeah going, i can we just talk about like do you want me here am, I don't Could this know. have been an email? Do we need a Zoom meeting for this? Just going to say things directly, yeah. possibly make things awkward. I'm just trying to be honest. <laughs> like, So I really enjoy her. Um, I'm starting to understand the humor vibe of this pilot with all of his own so face good. on all these different characters. It's you so know, it's good. fun because... I look over at you when we're watching these and you've got this huge grin on your face. Like you really enjoy that dynamic oh, a lot. Oh, Rios is, is fucking great. And 
it's informed by episodes to come. This is why, like, you can, in, you know, when you rewatch something and you enjoy it more because you know what's coming. Like, yeah, that's he's true. so good. Um, the, he's so the satisfying. When he pulls up the the person that's going to be firing and they're talking <laughs> yes. in Spanish, it's like, this is so great. Like, what it's a wonderful so thing great. to do. It's like, I need yeah. the, the weapons person quick. And he just appears and it's this Spanish guy that's just really drunk and he's just like yeah i guess i'll fire some some weapons whatever uh it was a that was delightful um you know then you kind of mix in rafi yeah. and i think she's just exasperated and mm-hmm. going to want to get through it so she can get away from picard but i think she'll probably end up falling back in love with just the idea of him and maybe mm-hmm. even helping his arc as he as Picard kind of finds peace with his decisions. And now we have two new crew members, yeah. one brand brand new to everyone, and then one that's just like, oh shit, seven of nine, what the fuck? Woo! So let's let's jump to the we'll we'll get onto the Borg ship in a second. But um yeah. I think you're happy with like the, the varsity and the Romul the Romulan situation. Um how did you feel about that? Because I deliberately didn't look at you because I'm not gonna get I didn't want to give it away. But how did you feel about seven of nine just beaming in and turning up? Um, you knew she was going to be in the series. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a couple of reasons I know. One, I've seen pictures on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. And two, I was searching through gifts the other day. And one of the ones, I can't remember what I was looking for, but she's on a particular gif where she's saying something for Picard. And I was like, I can't read the text on this because <laughs> then I'll be spoiled. Yeah. Um, nope. So yeah, I know she's there. Uh, I was not expecting her in this episode, but I think you actually told me she might be appearing soon. So I should have probably expected that. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. But Nor I didn't know you. who was going to be beaming in. If you rewatch that scene, you will notice that they say he and him 39 times. Like they, there is so much misdirection there. Like his shields are down. He's asking for help. What should we do with him? He's coming. He's beaming in. Watch out for him. He's about to arrive all manly and stuff. <laughs> that's true oh, I, was, a woman. I was wondering like okay who's it gonna be and i guess i yeah. was envisioning a, a male character mm-hmm. oh the um, first time around it worked on me because i didn't know what episode she was gonna be in so mm-hmm. she just turns up and i was like holy fucking shit yes like <laughs> throw me a shit picard and then, and collapses. then she passes out <laughs> it's so good because you've got you've got seven of nine back picard and seven of nine we've never seen on screen together so it's great that he knows, of course, he knows who she is, but she knows who he is as well. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, it was just, it was such a cool moment to, I don't just think that I knew so that they've never been on screen together until never, right now. Never been on screen together. It was <laughs> such a cool moment. Great. So here's what I think I liked about it from a, from a story writing perspective. Mm-hmm. I like that the female saved the day. I uh-huh. appreciate that. Uh, but then she also immediately needed to be rescued, which... Mm-hmm is an interesting thing yeah. too like but i understand it w- it's a much cooler uh moment to have her beam into the ship rather than hail and see her on screen it's one of the best plot devices in the world the transporter because it is a slow <laughs> reveal it's a slow curtain that you pull back it's so good <laughs> yeah it's also really convenient because apparently you can be like beam her right uh here uh, now right here yeah <laughs> okay great um but that was interesting. The, the fight scene was an interesting fight scene too, uh, cinematically, just like kind of mm-hmm. watching this uh, epic bird of prey that 
used to be the most terrifying thing that you would see when you watched old school Star Trek, like when it decloaked back in the day. So did you recognize it then? Of course I did. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. Oh, God, this is terrifying. We're going to die because they were so dangerous, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So there's that kind of element to it. Uh, So you're engaging in this but then you've got this little ship against a big ship and we're Mm -hmm. outmaneuvering and then you've got the planet's defenses and so you know in my mind you kind of like i go autopilot a bit because Mm -hmm. you know that they're not going to die no you have so it was just yeah it kind of felt like it was getting a little long Mm -hmm. i was like okay so how long are we just going to be in this (laughs) outmaneuver battle you know Uh the introduction of the, the 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 next character that's fighting that uh the crew member the spanish crew member mm-hmm. that made it kind of fun and then this ship appears out of nowhere and so i'm like okay so we got we got a new buddy you? i think getting them onto the ship was really interesting and also the whole like ship falling apart and hitting the planet's defenses yeah. and kind of bouncing that was pretty badass looking. that was really cool oh or the moment whenever they sliced off oh, the bird of prey's so arm good. I nearly, I died so much because I was so, so happy. When they mentioned it, I was like, okay, there's no way we're going to see it on screen. Like they mentioned this, what? The, the, the the bird of prey, because oh, okay. they mentioned it earlier saying that this yeah, yeah, yeah. gang leader has stolen an antique bird of prey. I was like, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. whatever. Just a bit of, you're saying some things. When it right. turns up, I, I lost my watsits because it's <laughs> updated graphics, but they kept the same painting underneath it just it was oh it was so good and the green lasers like it wasn't bullets like the pupils in star wars and new star trek Mm -hmm. are always like kind of little bullets that get fired out this was actually solid lasers or something yeah yeah this this was like old school tech like so good i loved it solid lasers that does you know it doesn't make a lot of sense in a close battle because unless you the lasers cross over so it was an interesting thing. And I wonder what the writing room is like on an episode like this. We're like, okay, so this ship only fires in these ways. Yes. Then these, these are going to go do this. And Well, this so is like just, the classic TNG battles is that the two ships usually stay nose to nose. Take it in turns very politely to fire at each other until they back off. Like, that's it. There's no, yeah. like, dynamic <laughs> stuff until Deep Space Nine and Voyager. But um, when, when the CGI caught up to, ex- the, exactly. to the desire of the... Yeah, like... What a wonderful world we live in where we get to see like incredibly dynamic mm-hmm. um, space fights. And this was, I think, well done. I had a good yeah, time with it. Totally so agree. that was fun. But I did, I hurt a little bit when they chopped the nacelle off of the bird of prey. I was like, oh no. I really <laughs> wanted them to steal it. It's just like, this is ours now. And we're going to have two ships. Fuck you. Uh, you know, I was wondering, however, like ooh, how... How did they have enough power to chop off the arm like that? That just seems like an OP thing for those little ships to have. Oh, definitely. You've got to wait for the shields to go down. Yeah, so, I don't. It, it, yeah. But they don't. I don't think they hit it enough for the shields to go down. No, that, it was a bit so, wonky. It was kind of like we have a cool visual and we're going to find a way to get. There. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that, that shouldn't happen. I mean, I'm all for our heroes winning because that's what feels right. <laughs> but there's no fucking way that they should be able to like. <laughs> hot knife through butter there yep. in the sell off that's not that's not that's not okay no that's not fine um but i that that last six minutes of the episode is amazing the pacing is so good love a good space battle love the phases and seven of nine turning up was amazing and she looks different her hair isn't up in a bun she looks like a human now like they've allowed her to 
being comfortable, practical clothing. Um, and it's it's so it's so good to see her back on screen. So the Borg cube, we get a tiny, tiny, maybe about seven minutes on the cube. And I don't know about you, but when we first cut to the cube, I was so excited and so much more interested. I was like, this is the bit of the story that I'm really drawn to, which is interesting because I love spending time with Picard and everyone, but this is the bit of the story that actually actually feels fun and I want to know more about. How do you, how, do you feel the same about it? Or no, I don't do you think so. Up with the mystery? I don't really care about much going on over there and I think it's mm-hmm. because it's clouded in mystery and I know so it's going to be mystery. that way for a while. They're just... They're going to milk that for as long as they can. Mm. Um, and we're building over here. So even though I'm like, oh, we'll get there later, sort of a vibe, I'm mm. I'm not as interested. It was really cool going into the Borg ship the first time. And I remember when we saw it on screen, I was like, this is so rad. Yeah, look at it. But I was so disappointed with the time that we spent on the Borg cube. I think that's might be what you're building up to is you're excited mm-hmm. to go. Did, did it pay off for you in this episode? Because for me, it was no. boring. Exactly. Like when it cuts to the cube, I'm like, yes, we're back. Answers. But we only get 10 minutes there and it's more of the same. We get a couple of sentences from Narek saying that we know what his mission is. It is to activate her to find out if there's any more androids. Like we we now know that his mission is how many androids are there out there? We have to destroy them all. That's all the development that we get. Um, Yeah, that's basically it. They fall in love a little bit more. He lets her know that she there's no record of her being on a ship that she thinks she was on and has a memory of being on. Do you think they're That's falling it. in love, though, or do you think they're just having fun and using each other? Yes. Okay. Like they're confused column about Column A, it column B, it's okay. lust. All right. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely in lust at the minute. Um, I have to tell you, something that should never happen ever again mm. is a delightful, happy... F- carefree <laughs> sock romp in a Borg ship. In a Borg cube. It kind of that, belittles the environment, doesn't it? That should never happen again. And I, no. I was like, what's going to happen here? Like something cool is about to happen because he's talking about this like Borg ritual, right? So I'm thinking, yeah. oh, Borg ritual. Cool. So then they go and he's like, take off your shoes. And I'm like, all right, okay. This is really interesting. Maybe he's going to turn into some sort of like, maybe he'll be transported into a computer system and then come out of the ventilation system that he just mentioned on the other side mm-hmm. with something like an enhancement or a memory or something really interesting here. But instead, he does this, kisses lips, makes a sign of the cross, touches his butt, yeah. and then yeah, and then just like slides across the floor, which if you've ever worn socks on a surface that's not carpet, you've potentially slipped around and had a little fun but it's a reach it's a bit of a reach it's a way to give them a a sweet moment then they kind of like then they kind of like do this love thing and i don't know i was disappointed because i wanted to have a cool borg thing (laughs) i wanted to see borg shit i didn't want to see love shit yeah you know i was slightly relieved that the there wasn't a ritual because I was like, yeah, no, the Borg. Well, but they could have had something that was like, uh, uh, could be perceived as a ritual, right? Like a routine. But it's and actually he had just discovered a it, And it could have unlocked something yeah. cool. So I was okay, like, this fair. is going to be yeah. part of this, you know, a mystery moment. No, they're just nope. going to ice skate in their socks until they make out. <laughs> 
Um, I just think in general, I want to mention you said something about um, comfortable, practical clothing for seven of nine. And mm-hmm. I just want to say before we go on to the rest of the show and kind of, you know, do our remaining segments that I love the costuming of Picard. I am obsessed so with good. it. It is so good. It's like it's like this really incredibly thought through casual wear yeah. that is so I want these clothes. And so while I was bored with this episode, which happened several times, I decided Mm -hmm. to go shopping online and I have found (laughs) some cool shit. Not only people that are recreating some stuff on Etsy um, Uh or eBay, you know, things like this, but I came across a couple of things. First of all, there is a CBS store that sells Picard merch. There's a lot of stores Mm -hmm. that sell Picard merch. Um, You know, you got your like just, normal merch not like yeah. recreations of costuming and i'm looking for recreations of yeah stuff. exactly yeah. and there is a fucking sticker that says this facility has gone blank days without an assimilation yes! oh let's get and it I was like that's so cool we I love it. That. yeah so that's actually a fucking sticker that you can get which was really that's exciting right but more importantly and this is amazing i'm gonna send it to you right now because i want you to see it okay um i'm gonna i'll, I'll just text it to you i uh-huh. found a person on etsy now this this is a leather jacket that costs one thousand one hundred and sixty dollars, <gasps> but they recreated Seven of Nines jacket. Oh, it's identical. And it oh, is that's so badass. Gorgeous. It looks like it's got like almost uh, spines on the side. And if you've seen yeah. the show, you kind of know. I only saw her for just a split second, so I haven't connected to her costuming just yet. Uh huh. But it. Have looks you seen the so back piece? Cool. I know, right? The back piece looks yeah. like um a spine. So yeah. There are people that, that are. That's awesome. I know there are people that are recreating, uh, you know, clothing. But the one that I was specifically looking for, this seems so so lame. But I do pay attention to costuming a lot. I just I really enjoy costuming. Um, Picard's, and if you're gonna do it, Star Trek is the place to focus on it because yeah. they they nail it. There was a there's a, a a website trekmovie.com, and mm-hmm. there was an article they did in 2020 that says come and get a look at the Star Trek Picard costume display that's currently in San Diego. So this was January in mm-hmm. San Diego. And they had, you know, on display the different people's costuming from the show. And so I was yeah. looking, I was trying to look through to see if I could even just see this undershirt. This is okay. what I'm obsessed with. Yes, the black one. The black wearing. undershirt. Yeah. It's like, what's so neat about the costuming is you can look and see that the way that they've put the paneling together on these shirts, it really mimics the command uniform, but all in mm-hmm. black. So unless yes. you're really paying attention to it, even the collar, it all just looks like mm-hmm. his old collar. Uh, and it's it does. so and his clever. Jacket, his jacket that has got like the shoulder pads that are a slightly different color. The leather. paneling. Yeah. Yeah. it's. I want that jacket so badly. It's gorgeous. It's so cool. And I don't know. I just, they've, I, I don't know. When... I think I felt this way about Lord of the Rings too. Mm-hmm. Just you can tell that the set designers and the costuming, they put so much attention into the detail because yeah. they really cared about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm just seeing that here a little bit. And I just had to Perfect. mention that before we go on. <laughs> and when you design things for the future, it's hard because you've got to predict fashion. You've got to not make it look too cheesy. It's got to age well. And I feel like all of these outfits are going to age really, really well. Like they're yeah. still going to look in the future, but not cheesy they they went minimalistic yeah which i feel is really appropriate and then even some of the uh, materials that they're using that's just mm. like it makes sense it's not yeah it, it doesn't feel like a theatrical costume it feels like no. clothing that they're wearing but there's just the details of these winks and nods into 
like a a nuance of like especially for Picard showing his his rank and almost that he's worthy yeah. of wearing just a simple black mm-hmm. shirt that yeah. looks like it should be in command and then of course he pairs it with a jacket and we and we everyone's like oh the cool jacket i'm like just where can i buy that shirt where's the fucking undershirt <laughs> oh it's great i still haven't been able I'm to find so it i'm so glad you like that yeah i love he, it hey as soon as you find it send me a link i'm buying that thing Duh. um yeah okay. it's stunning that's something they do really well Okay, well, with that, let's head to engineering for Reese Instance is futile. Battle stations, everyone! Warning, warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. I have so many, we don't need to do all of them. Would you like to go first? No, you should. Right. Computer, pause Hollow Matrix, except the fire. <laughs> so there's a recreation of Picard's office in his chateau. Um, it's a recreation of that office on board the La Serena. And he looks out the window, the birds are fluttering, and then he says, computer, pause program. Why? I don't know. But all of the birds stop in midair. Immediately, you look back in the room and the fire is still going. That's a holographic fire. Don't tell me it isn't. Oh. <laughs> And the fire is still flickering. It's still going. Oh. There's still noises. And then he's like, resume program, and the birds carry on chirping. Why pause it? And B, you didn't actually pause it unless, for some reason, on this holodeck, you've put an actual fire in there, which doesn't make sense. I'm done. <laughs> That's a really good point. Because I'd the, have sinned the shit out of that. The computer would have had to have assumed <clears throat> that it knew what he was talking about when he was staring at the birds. Very good. I missed that completely. It means that the computer assumes he still wanted the fire on, or it's an actual fire. None of those (laughs) things make sense. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So, um, I'll just start off with the well we already talked about like the 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 borg ritual but before i forget the part that really annoyed me if it's a ritual you need to pay attention to the the, the sequence sequences are important in ritual so oh, yeah, sure. in that case narc which is what i'm always going to call him <laughs> narc narc he kissed his fingers and did this but then whenever once <laughs> whenever what's her name that i can never remember her name uh, uh soji when I, why can i never remember her name ian i have no idea there's only one of her it's not like she has a twin with a very similar name <laughs> so stupid every single episode when when soji starts she just runs in her socks how how rude okay you're doing what was a the ritual, point kiss your mouth with this we'll do the thingy thingy and then go spank your ass that's what you're yeah. supposed to do and that really frustrated me and I would have sent that because that would have been a fun way to send that. That, that would have been that's a fun way to send that scene. Totally fair. Besides yeah, just totally saying that it existed. Scene. But I would have yeah, this sent scene the fuck out of that scene. It's so forced, isn't it? Like, it's just... <laughs> let's talk about uh, it for the 25 minutes because yeah, I hated let's not. it let's, so much. Yep. <laughs> this will be a long sins video. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Picard is still shocked that he's not welcome. So they get to Vashti mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, just call the Central Command Center. Tell them that Captain Jean-Luc Picard is here and they will let me onto the planet. And Rafi is just like, yeah, no, I did try that. And they said, fuck you. And then just a look on his face of, oh, well, oh, oh, well oh, I never. Okay. Why are you shocked that you're nobody's, nobody's a fan of you anymore? 
I'm going to bounce off of that and and say that one of the things I also found frustrating in that similar vein is when he arrives and he has this he he has this I don't even know where it comes from but whenever he throws down the Romulan sign and he enters into the Romulan kind of area where they were yeah. sitting and and he almost goads them into a fight and he's so I guess, confident that he knows the best. And I think we're supposed to, at this point in time, be like, yeah, Picard, show him, you yeah, know. Yeah, fight racism. Exactly. And I Basically. Right. But I also felt that, and maybe this is purposeful, that it really continued to showcase his ego. Um, yeah. Which, and again, arrogance is hard to see. And naivety. Like, it's odd to see him as naive yes and that's the part that seems out of character you would think that he would look at the circumstances and say i have something to do with the reason that this is uncomfortable so i'm gonna do my best to earn back trust and for him to think that the way to earn back trust is to disrespect their space like that and completely ignore the boundaries and yes it's making a point but it also leads to a decapitation and sure that was uh the kids uh what's his name Elnor. Elnor. It was his decision yeah. and his action, but it was because Picard put himself in that position and just like kicked the hornet's nest down. And you would think yeah. that at this point in his life where he knows he's getting older and his mission is to try to save, you know, uh, Soji Tabuchi. God, what's her name? <laughs> Soji? Soji. Just to, to, to save her. And just he plain would, old Soji. <laughs> <laughs> that he would like be more careful. That he would be like, my yeah. goal is to get to Soji not to die right here because I'm being an asshole. So yeah. I I would try to find a way to sin that in general because I just found that he to is, be really out of character. He is one of the most decorated and respected diplomats in the history of the Federation. He, his thing is diplomacy and not getting into conflict. And yeah, he just boots the door down and says, I'm going to sit here because I'm not a Romulan. Is it because he... Is losing his mind a bit? Are they playing into that? No, I I, I don't. It didn't feel like that. It felt like I I don't like racism, and I'm going to show you how much I hate it and how disrespectful this is. Which is a great message, but yeah. also you're the reason that or one of them they want. Yeah, you're one of the reasons that they want this to be only Romulans. So right. if you want to fix the problem, this probably isn't the way to do it. No, no, the, no, no. Um, the only other logic I can see behind it is that maybe he did it to goad Elnor into action, but man, that's a gamble. But that's a gamble because he doesn't even know if Elnor followed him from the yeah. from the fairy kingdom. Listen, can I talk about the other <laughs> sin on that? Is yes, that okay? Please. So, so there's this. Uh, there, um, the crew is up in space, about to be attacked by the bird of prey and the person that's coming from there, and then. Picard is like, I'm ready. And then his his shit, the crews are like, okay, it'll be a minute. And Picard goes back from talking to Elnor. He goes back into the city. Why go back uh, into yeah. the city at all? If you know that people are hunting you, if you know that yeah. you're in danger, yes, it leads to the scene. But why not just go hide in a bush for a hot minute? Wander around yeah. in nature. You don't have to go back into the pit of vipers that want to kill you and then go kick the you know, go kick the hornet's nest. Yeah, don't go back into the most hostile Starbucks that you've ever seen. Like it's <laughs> stay any if you need a coffee, great, uh. but just go somewhere else. Um yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um that was a bad choice. Um so I have another one. The antique bird of prey is excellent. I love it so so much. However, 
that ship, and I've just just checked this out, is one hundred at at least one hundred and forty-two years old. One hundred and forty-two years old. How is it still functioning? And how is it even a match for the Lacerator? I don't care if it's the most advanced ship from 150 years ago. 150 years ago, we were in boats. There's, <laughs> there, there, is, there is no way, like, even a shuttle pod would rip that ship apart. I don't, do you I, think I so? just, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Maybe yeah, there's ways I to really do, like, do upgrades and stuff, right? Like, you can but upgrade. Why? It. Like, why keep upgrading an iPhone 2 when you can just buy an iPhone 9? Some people like nostalgia. A ganglord? Is he really that nostalgic for a fucking two-century-old ship? Listen, if you're a ganglord, let's let's say that you're a ganglord, you've got a gang, and you come across an old, like, yeah. Ford, like, one of the original cars, and you're yeah, like, you know what, I could take badass. this thing, and I could put a new engine in it. And some new uh-huh. tires on it, and we might be able to go over <laughs> and kick this other team's ass. Like just kicking of, the edge of it is like, yeah, it's done. It's got some mileage, but this this baby will keep you going. The difference, of course, is that you're in the vacuum of space, and so if the if if like one little tiny part of it comes undone on a panel, then all of a sudden you're all just dead in space. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a gamble. There's a there's a there's a moment when you're going to buy a car, right? Do you mm-hmm. invest in your old car just to keep it running or do you just get a new one because it costs more to bring up an old one? Yeah. You know, so there's like Exactly. A, and, and it so I, must have cost more to make this damn <laughs> yeah, ship space worthy yeah. than to get a new ship. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's it just it, as much as I loved it, I was like you could not have picked an older ship unless you literally put a boat in space. <laughs> Which is what we can just call it. The the, the boat of yeah, prey. The boat of prey. I love it. Um, yeah, it. Worth it, but it bugged me. Absolutely. This one is disgusting, and I don't want to spend more time on it other than just saying incest. He's and your brother. I have a note that I just, just I can't, in caps. Let's not spend he's any time your brother. on it. It's so uncomfortable uh-huh. to watch. Done. Yeah, um, move on. Go ahead. Your, your, your turn. So it's actually in the same scene. He still wears the earpiece when he's asleep? Like, does he never take it out? Like, no wonder you, you're fucked up. Like, you just... Someone's whispering into your dreams as you're unconscious. Probably your sister. Probably. Whispering sex dreams into your ear. So strange. Yeah, so strange. Dark. There's this moment um, when Elnor says to Picard, uh, when they're kind of having their... art when, when Picard is saying, I'd like for you to come with me because you're young and able-bodied and I need you. And Elnor says, mm. you know, he says, you left me on my own, old man. Like, you left me mm-hmm. alone. And I'm like, you haven't been alone. You've been surrounded by women who have been teaching you how to become a warrior the whole time. So much for candor and honesty. That is the most unhonest answer. He hasn't been alone. He's just been mm-hmm. a dude with women, which they've they kind of make a point of, and I, I was uncomfortable with that a couple times, like, he doesn't no, belong same. here because he's a boy. It's like, oh, okay, Ugh. that's a little that's a little bit uncomfortable, but whatever. And then we're coming back to it, and they've kept him and raised him, and they're like, whoa, we, Picard's like, I would have thought that you would have found another place to send him. It's like, this is a poor kid. This poor kid yeah. has been emotionally abused by people saying that that Picard doesn't like him and want him. That's how the episode starts, is, is mm-hmm. this kid being told... You, you know, Picard doesn't actually like children, doesn't actually like you. And then they play with this whole abandonment thing. And all the nuns are essentially saying, you don't belong here because you're a guy. 
And we're like, oh, this kind of feels icky. And then we get it to that really moment icky. and he's kicking it back over going, you left me alone. It's like, but you literally have never been alone. So that was a frustrating thing for me to to have to kind of and you've been it. left in the best possible hands as well <laughs> yeah. you haven't been he didn't leave you with like the horrible teacher from matilda like you've been left with like some really nice people I mean, they might be like uncomfortably honest and again emotionally like that would be hard to hear your whole life mm. that you don't belong here because you're a man like that's gonna fuck with yeah. you so yeah maybe they're like good people that know how to make nice food and train you to, to, to murder and mm-hmm. it seems peaceful but l- being raised in an environment where you're constantly being reminded through this sort of lever- level of, you know, absolute candor that you're not desired. However, they mm. do also, besides saying you're not, you shouldn't be here, they're also honest about his skill set and his, you know, his uh, temperament. Oh, and how and great like- he is. Right. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he's had a chance to sort of focus on the positive, which they also mirror in the opening scene when Picard is like, I like you. I just don't want to mm. be around you. And honestly, can't we all relate to people like that in our life? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I like yes. you. I just don't want Small to be doses. around you. <laughs> yeah. Small doses, please. Small like doses. once a week when we have to record a podcast. That's all I need. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a good segue into the news <laughs> section, which is Danae tries to take over the show to end it because she doesn't like Ian. Oh, no. It's so true. So that, <laughs> that leads... That leads really nicely into oh, two it? things that I found <laughs> oh, icky. No. Yes. No, okay. well, not that. The oh, thing okay, before. Okay. Everyone loves me. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yes. That, okay. <laughs> yeah. The two things that are icky for me about this. I wish this had been gender swapped. Like, we don't need a male redemption arc. What would have been cool if this was male warrior monks and Elnor is a girl. And I was like, well, she can't be a warrior monk because she's a girl and we don't accept girls. And she grows up and is trained and is an absolute badass regardless um i would have loved that gender swap a little bit as as long as it didn't come off as too patron patronizing or preachy i mean you know what i think would be really great in a, in a show like this with influence as if it wasn't about gender at all oh yeah you're probably right actually I mean, yeah because we i what I, if he was a vulcan like it was, what if it was a race Romulan monks or... that accept a Vulcan. Yeah, that's and even then it would be nice to not have to do like a them versus us. But that's a common thing in our life is yes, trying to figure out what them and us means, you know, mm-hmm. and there's there's a way to really do that. But the gender play was uncomfortable for me on a lot of levels. Mm. Um, Why would it matter in the 24th century if we're getting to a stage now where it's gradually, gradually starting to not matter yeah the very very earliest point 300 years from now you'd hope we'd have made a bit more progress yeah even a different culture i do Um, think i agree with you at the end of the day end of the day though that it i think a female joining the crew would have been Mm. um would have been interesting anyway but then we would have a crew of mostly women and And? uh well that's a very uncomfortable thing okay (laughs) we can't can't. You, you I mean, once a month, you guys just go crazy and there's, steer the ship the in crazy period, directions. There's the emotions. Yeah. Who makes the yeah. sandwiches? They're just arguing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, you all have to go to the toilet at the same time. So who's going to man the ship? Just mm-hmm. unreal. Um, which leads me to the final, final point was, great, warrior women nuns. And it still comes down to a man that is the one that Picard wants. So it goes back to the gender thing of, yeah, it had to be Elnor. Like, none of these... I know there's a guilt thing attached to it as well, but none of these other warrior women were good enough. It has to be Elnor. He happens to be the best fighter. 
That was, yeah, just lots of ickiness. Yeah, no, it really was. We've been trying to get rid of this kid for all of his life. Can you please just take him? And also, he's trained. He's and the best. It would be great to see him do something with his life before he dies. It was very, it was very interesting. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they play into the psychological damage that I assume Elnor has, but I hope that they do a little bit and give him some character other than just being a warrior, but based on your visual response to that i'm gonna guess not <laughs> they at, at so. one point in time even rafi she says he's just a boy with a stick fuck you like he's i was bigger like, than you what the fuck he could kick your ass like you don't know he, him he just teleported here he just came over and the first thing you're gonna say is it's just a boy with a stick and she knows these Oof. people she helped Oof. relocate them she knows who the court malata are i don't like, know yeah it, there's Rafi, I know she's rough around the edges, but that also seemed yeah. a little strange. Um, a bit Rafi. Yeah. And what a strange thing, too, just in general as a culture, that they bind themselves to lost causes only. Yeah, I kind of like a, that. I like it. You think they'd run out pretty quick. That's what I was going to say. Like they they only ever many. go on one mission. Yeah. They don't go with many missions each because they keep nothing, picking the wrong ones. Yeah. It was yeah. a funny moment. Like, it's kind of like a wah, wah, uh-oh, you know. <laughs> you want, Agnes is just like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, shit, okay. Shit. Um, anything else? Oh, I just wanted to send the fact that they were all standing up on the ship whenever, like, they should really just be sat down and, and, and just buckled in. It's just too, too much opportunity to fall over in the cargo bay style yeah. ship. Inertial dampeners, it's fine. But when they get turned off, it sucks. Yeah, agreed. There was a lot um, going on there, and people are just standing up, like just spinning around. Yeah, Picard's just like, "Oh, I got this. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine." Nope, ah. nope, nope. He's an uh, he's he's got hip dysplasia at this point in time. In oh, his for life. sure. So my very very last one was why was and I mentioned it earlier. The guy, in ch- the hologram in charge of weapons. Why was he drunk? <laughs> why is he, he programmed drunk. to? I think he was. I know. He definitely acted like it. You said that earlier and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't I didn't think he was drunk. Maybe not. <laughs> I think he was exasperated. I think he was just like, God, why do I have to be here? But I think you yeah. saw it as him being inebriated, which is fine. It, it wouldn't surprise me. But the other th- problem is, why do we need him at all? Like, an emergency medical hologram I get because there's physical stitching that needs to happen. The 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 hospitality person, get it. The engineer, get it. The weapons and navigation person, you are the computer. Just tell it to fire. Tell it to go left and right. Why do you physically need to be there to punch the buttons? And the buttons are only there as an interface for humans that can't get inside the computer. Do you feel like they're paying the actor enough to play every role of the ship? (laughs) You will ask that question again in a couple of weeks. (laughs) And the answer will be no. Whatever they paid him, it was not enough. It was not not enough. enough. It was not enough. Uh, I'm still blown away by your prediction last week that he is the captain that killed himself and that he's the hologram of that captain. I'm still thinking about it because that's so good. I wish I wish that's what they'd done. And if Michael, Michael Chabon, if you're listening, kick yourself right now because that hire, is a stroke of genius. Hire, hire me. Now. Um, I, I would love to become a writer for you guys. Um. I do have a couple things that I would write into my contract immediately. <laughs> yep. Yeah, One okay, okay. is I need to have access to the the patterns of clothing so that I can have someone make them for myself because they're yep. not anywhere. I, I really, I want to wear the casual clothes from Picard. So it just, uh-huh. you don't have to give them to me. I will figure out how to have them made. I'll pay, I'll pay my own seamstress. You know, I'll get 
get my yeah. own stuff. Um, and the other thing is that Ian's got to come with me. He's got to be my co-writer yes! because uh, he knows she the words me. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's amazing. I would be that person. I would do it. I would absolutely do it. Um, okay. With that, let's head to our final stop, which is the captain's ready room. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, uh, where we hear our ambassador's predictions for the rest of the season and bask in her Q-like glory, if anything she has previously predicted come true. Has, so, it, has it come true? The fact that Soji hasn't been activated yet. So she is unaware, and we know that now. She's completely oblivious to the fact that she is an android, she's a robot. We do know that now, um, that's true. We know that, and we know that that's also the mission of Narek is to eventually activate her... Because that's the way to tap into her consciousness information and whether there's any more of her around to get rid of. Um, so prediction for that is that it's going to be through coitus. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's <laughs> trying to activate What, she her. hulks out? Like, she has to keep her heart level below <laughs> a certain amount? She has an orgasm amount. that's so intense from him, which is his goal, of course, since he's just horny boy. Always, So that's yeah. why he's so interested in, in sex with her, you know, is like her mm -hmm. her activation button has yet to be found. And that's... Couldn't find the button. That's I my prediction. That's my prediction. Um, no, that was Got good it? to know. Okay. It is good to know that she's not been activated yet. That kind of like puts to rest a few things in my mind that I'm wondering how much of her is aware. And then, of course, there was also the conversation like that she thinks she was on this ship um, and he's beginning to reveal more to her, like that he has been, quote unquote, watching her and knows a lot about her. So, yeah. um, you know, she's obviously got her own mission because that was the thing that the, the creepy sister said was you know she's got her own mission she's got her own purpose so she has maybe like an active mission even though she's not activated and mm -hmm. that's got an it. interesting kind of thing to watch too predictions yeah. about all of that um i don't think i have any new ones we know that she's mm -hmm. being called the destroyer uh so i still you know wonder if um i don't know i i, I honestly don't know anything no. we they didn't give us enough information or anything really new to grab onto um, no not really there's two big directions that I'm going to steer you in. Oh, Why no. do you think Rafi is so pissed off that Free Cloud has been delayed? Why do you think she's trying to get there? Um, probably because she's uh, set up a trap for Picard and was going to be delivering him within a certain amount of time. Interesting. That's really cool. That's very interesting. Um, next one, Seven of Nine. What is she doing? Why was she out in that ship? What was the ship? What's she doing? What's going on with her? Now, there is maybe enough in this episode to give you a hint. Okay, so I'm going to guess something about her potentially being like a bounty hunter style person. You know, like, you know, somebody who's obviously mm -hmm. really good at piloting and has a lot of skills and she's badass. And she's got like this fast vehicle. And I'm guessing that when Picard showed up on the radar, like, hey... All the hunt this guy, come get him because we want him to dead. She probably was like, "Nope, I'm gonna go save Picard's ass." So I think nice. that might be why she showed up is because there was like transmission about him being mm. found. That would be one of my assumptions. Um, she didn't have a big ship, so whatever she was doing, nope. it wasn't like didn't seem to be a cargo transportation or like you know anything mm -hmm. huge and major. It was more like just hers and Nippy so. Nippy. Mm hmm. And she said, you owe me a ship, which means she really needed needs that ship for yeah. her life, which makes sense if 
you live where you travel by space. So that's <laughs> yeah, not really a prediction as much as it is swimming. obvious. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that's all That's all the assumptions I'll make. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, again, it's a lot of exposition this episode, not a lot of new mysteries set up, just lots of explaining some old ones. Okay, so before we say goodbye for this week, let's do a quick bit of Six Degrees of Trekoration. Oh, this is the game we can play. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so- I think I need to workshop the title. So this is where Danae <laughs> gives me a word or an object or a thing, and I have six chances to get it back to Star Trek. Right. And and they have to be yeah 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 we're making it up as we go. Um, again, thanks for you guys' suggestions about things that we can do to um, frustrate mm-hmm. Ian, just in general. Yeah, and Danae can veto. I think two of my things. Something like that. It's fun to yeah. see you flex your Star Trek nerdness, though, because you yeah. actually. Uh, what was it the other day? I sent you a gift that I found. Oh my god! <laughs> and you were like, "I actually know the episode title, and I know the words that are said on screen right after this moment." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, "What the hell? It's so cool!" <laughs> it's a gif of Data and Picard, and I was like, "I know exactly what's happening here." And I was like, "Season one, episode two. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, um, your object is a dirty sock with a hole in the toe. Why is everything dirty? It was a dirty needle, and now it's a dirty sock with a hole in the in the I don't toe. know. I'm a dirty girl. You're a dirty girl. Okay, cool. So okay, fine. A, a wet sock. Oh, that's what? what? So we'll do. Hold on. Let me just change it. We'll do. You're right. You're right. I should. I should. I should change it up. A wet, wet sock that smells. No, no, that's dirty. Yeah. A wet sock with a hole in the toe. Okay, cool. A wet sock with a hole in the toe. It's it's a it's a black sock. A wet black sock. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so wet black sock. With a hole in the toe. With a hole in the toe, specifically. Okay. <laughs> mm. So I'm thinking, why is it wet? So this is an old sock that's very, very comfortable that somebody doesn't want to get rid of. They've stepped in some water. So they're on holiday at the seaside. So this is why it's wet. Oh, I and see. And it's an old toe. Old toe? It's oh, an okay, old sock. Okay. The seaside. So that's my that's my leap. We're at the seaside. So the so you're saying that the sock is wet with seawater. Yeah, it's wet with seawater. Okay. okay. And it's an old sock. So. So whoever was wearing it stepped into water. Yep, stepped into water, mm-hmm. and that's why it's soaking. Okay. That gets me to the beach. Um. The no, I don't like that. This is so hard. Because I could just say, yeah, this person likes to holiday on the beach, and then they they exist in Star Trek. Seawater is very salty, and in Men in Black, Vincent D'Onofrio's character needed salt water to live. Just had to keep eating all of the salt water, all of the salt water. All right. Um, And in that movie, Will Smith is in that movie yes and he is also in independence day two more steps and in independence day brent spiner plays a crazy scientist one more and brent spiner plays data Ta-da! Yay! <laughs> i did it oh that was a leap <laughs> so we went from a wet sock to the sea to salt water in men in black to Will Smith. Will Smith to Independence, Independence Day, Day. To Brent Spiner. To, to Data. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yay! That was great. How right. would you have done it? How would I have done it? <laughs> um, I would have been one. So my brain is like, okay, in what episode was there something to do with doing laundry? Oh, okay. I couldn't get there because you never see anybody do laundry ever. Wow. You once see day to clean up and clean up someone else's quarters. That that's about it. And he folds their laundry. It's his girlfriend, and he's just like, "You're such a slob. I need to clean this up." Wow. That's yeah. so crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I gave you a really difficult one. That was tricky, but I got there. I you think did. I need to do it you did great. in six steps. Yeah. Like, I think that needs to be the rule is that. Yeah. Yeah. Like six degrees that stops me of from, separation. Yeah. Yeah. It stops me from just saying, yeah, well, I just replicated a holy sock with water in it because you replicators exist. No, no. Exactly. Well, thank you, Danae. <laughs> I'm so excited for next week because next week's, I keep saying this every week, but next week really kicks it up a gear. Um, the episode is called Stardust City Rag. And anyone that's already watched Picard, please tell me exactly what you think of this episode because I know it has a reputation and I cannot wait. For oh my episode. God, I'm nervous. Okay. Yeah, it's it's big. So thanks for listening. It's Jolan True from me and... What would you like to say, Danae? Okay, what what language is that? I do this to you every week. So this was Romulan. Jolan True can be used as goodbye or hello. It's it's interchangeable. It's like, ciao. One day I'll give you more than a second's notice. I like you being on the spot, though. And it's a wet sock from Danae. <laughs> um, wow. This is tricky. I can give you a Romulan word if you like. No! Or you could tell me ahead of time. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I've done this three weeks in a row. If you're not catching on, that you have to have your own exit. <laughs> the problem is, is that how do you even say these words? That's the oh, tricky just, part. Yeah, guess it. Okay, well then I guess mine would be Riv Ariane <laughs> Deore, which means when pigs fly. <laughs> and it's that from Danae. We'll see you next week. No, for you episode. have to say it. You have, I have to, to say, say it. Say yeah. it again. Say it again. No, here, I'll just send it to you. Ready? Check your messages. Okay. Okay. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. So it's Jolan True from me, and it's <laughs> Riff Ariane de from Danae. We will see you next week for episode four, and as always, live long and podster. Bye. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. funny stuff okay, right the funny stuff can start I, i'm already recording you can have the funny stuff from my file what yeah but not from my side what if i said something hilarious that's rare though you know oh <laughs> i thought i was gonna get bonus points for wearing my com badge but i do have to say i don't like pinning things because i don't want to make a hole in my shirt i gotta get you a magnetic one haven't i <laughs> just pin it straight to your skin that's it yeah yeah <laughs> oh that pinning. works Oh, yeah, I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to pin it to my skin. Nice. Oh, podcast listener, don't try this at home. Please do not. 
Oh my god, there's so much blood. <laughs> she no, whoa. Uh, huh, well, you know, huh, you know. Huh, it's for the show. It's fine. So uh, I didn't realize It's you- not. I can see your heart. So if I ever want to use it, I just have to, you know, rip open my skin and actually no, 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 no. I can just put the skin flap back over the top. And yeah, no, that's you great. You don't even know. Let's keep it's talking like about skin flap. It's a pacemaker. Yeah, it's great. You know that Picard has a pacemaker. He actually has a completely artificial heart. N- now or always? Um, uh, Since he was in the academy. Since he's been gone! Right, Sorry. I think you screamed so loud your mic cut out. What did you say? Nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah, since the academy. He's since had he's been gone! A- what? Uh, are you being very quiet or are you screaming? No, I just, I turn my head away from my microphone so it's not in my microphone. Otherwise, it would sound crazy. Right. Got it, got it, got it. I'm, I'm singing since he's been gone. It's it's funny uh, for the podcast listener who's hearing it later. You, however, goodness. in the moment, totally clued out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Since you've been gone. <laughs> I oh, no. For the first time. Man, I got something sticky on my desk over here. And Name of my sex tape? Wow. Um... I can't get it off. Name of my sex tape. Nice. <laughs> I'm distracted by it. Name of my sex tape. I just keep rubbing it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I draw the line there. The line must be drawn here. And no further. No, this listen, far. I don't actually No further. I don't actually know this quote. It's just that everyone quotes it and so like like everyone quotes the that'll do pig or that'll do donkey. That'll do donkey I'm, is the correct quote. Right, I agree. Mm-hmm. I've only ever heard it like one time, but everybody knows it from all these other sources. I, I just I just say it because everybody else is saying. Is that your boulder? That is a nice boulder. How's your skin flap? How is it? Oh, I think it's good. Um, yeah? I put on a little bit of ointment and some bandages. And from movies, we know that's enough to heal uh-huh, me. So we're good. That wasn't ointment. Yeah. What was it? It was butter. You just, you just put butter. Someone switched the ointment out with 100% butter. And by someone, do you mean you when you visited here? Did you change out my medicinal, my medicinal, <laughs> my medicinal ointment? I can with neither confirm nor deny. So then we just have to set our sights to portals. Portals are great. Portals, portals are, are then That's that's the next thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to set my sights to portals. You're going to invent a portal? Yeah, with my vast knowledge of shit. Listen, I drew a picture today. I kissed a piece of paper so that it made a print, and then I drew a little face. This is the genius level that I can achieve, so it's mm-hmm. certain I'm the one to invent portals. I mean, you invented the doodle this afternoon, this morning. This, yeah. Before you'd even had breakfast. Go. Yeah. I created a... You know what I should do is I should tweet this and encourage people to do the same. Show me your doodle. Show me your smooch doodle. Smooch Show doodle. Show me your schmoodle. <gasps> your Which sounds the like whole a dog. kit and caboodle. You should. You would. Think there it, would be many entries, including myself. You think so? Yeah. W- do you have lipstick? I can find something that will pass as lipstick. <laughs> then I'm challenging you right now. <laughs> you- I have to leave and do this because I'm just going to smear mayonnaise on my lips and then kiss. Why mayo? Why? <laughs> Ian, why do you go to mayo first thing? Because I've run out of ketchup. <laughs> okay. Do you have any like packets of ketchup from no, like, a drive through or something because i either use them or bin them <laughs> bin them means throw them away trash them put them in the trash receptacle yeah trash them do you have an equivalent of bin them 
of like bin it no just bin it chuck it chuck it i like i like to say chuck it in the fuck it bucket personally what the absolute fuck is going on with us right now are you okay you're coughing a lot are you feeling better i'm feeling much better thank you much because it doesn't better. sound like you're feeling better <laughs> it only hurts when i talk so this is gonna be great oh no you get a different energy when you're in the same room and you glaring at me in person saying shut up explaining everything and let me watch the damn episode <laughs> will be missing today like, who's that who's that who's that it's like, i don't fucking know stop fucking talking to me also you can't tell me off for playing with my the the mic equipment you told me off for that a lot last time you wouldn't stop touching it stop fucking touching it like it it was like you couldn't it was like you gravitated towards it it was like you couldn't couldn't... get it in position well that's a you problem well it's a problem for the mic because it's going to keep getting touched until it does what i tell it to yeah you just you got to learn how to you know use the arm that's this Mm -hmm. which is what i've done now Mm-hmm. But I'm still scared of moving it. You know why you're scared of moving it? Because I yelled at you enough to make yes. it Yes. <laughs> I have very mild PTSD. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. You're not sorry. I'm like Picard at the end of Chain of Command, where he now can't look at lights because he's been tortured into thinking there are four lights. Well, there are five lights, but there was only four. That sounds awful. Yeah. So the, the, the guy is... He's trying to get information out of him, but eventually... He stops trying to get the information and he just wants Picard to say that there are five lights in front of him when there are only four. And if he can get Picard to say there are five lights, he's broken his will. And all the way through, Picard is just like, there are four lights! Yeah, I would just be like, yeah, sure, it's five. Can we go to lunch now? Yeah, can we go? And But that's it. He was like, you can have as many women as you want. We can talk about theology and philosophy and you can live in a museum. All you have to do is tell me there are five lights. If you keep saying there are four, I'm going to torture you for the rest of your life. And he won't do it. But why? Because he's Picard evil. is stubborn. And that's Picard why. is stubborn. Super stubborn. He won't do it. Just like Ian. Hey! Yes. You have to be when you're a captain, you know. You do, especially when you've got a butt for an ambassador that just fucks with everything. Every room I walk into, you've changed, like, the panels and everything. And whenever I go to the the replicator (laughs) for a whole week, all it would do is is replicate oranges, no matter what I asked for. I was like, hey, I need a new t-shirt, but a fucking orange appears. Just wait for this week's, you know, it's marshmallow surprise all week long. So wait, whenever I ask for a marshmallow, something different appears, or it's always marshmallows? Well, it's just variations of marshmallow. I've been I've been working with the engineers to, you know, keep it interesting, because I did get some complaints about the oranges, because it was always just an orange. So I realized that there's a lot more to be done. You know, we could, like, flavor things with orange. But orange was oh, no. last week, so this week we're going to go marshmallow. Okay. It'll be great. So when you get your, when you get your tea, for example... Right. You you might have teeny tiny little marshmallows in it one day. Shit. And then the next day... Who puts marshmallows in tea? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're having fun. Do you know how fucking boring it is sitting on a goddamn ship all the time? <laughs> we have to move stuff around. You have to fuck with the replicators. That's the only thing you can do. Let's fuck with the food supply. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's fuck with the water table. Because that's how you keep people happy. <laughs> Yeah, apparently I forgot about the uh, the ho- hologram um, situation too. Like I could go into the holodeck; that would be endless fun. Yeah, you can I have all of the it. fun in there, but instead you <laughs> fuck with the food holodecks. Mm-hmm. Which is sorry about the, that. <clears throat> the problem is there was oranges everywhere, but you forgot to put the inside of the orange in, so it was just oh. the peel. 
So even if okay, one okay, of the rare yeah. occasions where I wanted to eat the orange, I was like, well, I wanted a cup of tea, but now I have an orange. I would peel it and there's nothing inside. It's so frustrating. Did you try to eat the air? Because maybe the air inside of it was delicious and nutritious. Well, I sniffed it and it was fine. See? Tasted odd, smelled oddly like apples, which was weird. I've had to fire so many engineers already. <laughs> They're all just like scrubbing uh, the holodeck. Just is like, that oh, where Jonathan went? Yes. God, I thought he was going to join the show as an engineer. No, he was like, yeah, head of engineering. And now he's scrubbing the holodeck after Riker's used it. And I will try not to go into a full episode synopsis <laughs> like I did last week. Why not? Um, you gotta flex. You gotta flex your knowledge. Flex it, Felicium. Felicium. Is right, yeah. this more talk about buckets or what? I like mean, a, the art. The art of touching a bucket is Felicium. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with the Tribble. The Tribble. <laughs> nice. Because nice. that's what isn't that the little furry one? Yeah, they're the one. I just couldn't remember. I couldn't remember their names. So I had to go look it up. Yeah, they're like gremlins. So don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight. Um, so the episode starts and there is a house that is burning down um, and an ensign who is a tribble. This is the first tribble to be admitted to Starfleet. Um, its brain has been augmented so that it is intelligent enough to converse and learn, but it still hasn't got any arms or legs. So it just kind of rolls around um, and... You see the Tribble, you see it looking at this house, and the house starts to burn, and it burns down, and then you hear the Tribble squeak. Computer, end program. But the, but it won't end, and then there's just a blaze, and then through the window, you see four other Tribbles trapped. I was into that, you know, uh-huh. like the Tribbles, they have hair. It's just singed mm-hmm. off in that fire. It smells hideous. It, the smell of burning Tribble hair is is. It's awful. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're uh-huh. just squeaking. And the most disturbing part is like once all the hair is gone, <clears throat> you see the actual <laughs> Tribble underneath. It's just a big old bull sack. <laughs> I was going to say it has all these tiny little tent, like, like little suction cups, like on the underside oh, of like the octopus, amazing. so that wherever it rolls, it kind of sticks. But yes. the hair has actually been impeding its motion, so this is like an, a huge evolution for the Tribble. Oh, and now it starts a new trend where all of the Tribbles are now shaved, and it's like, well, yeah. why do these Tribbles look different to the original Tribbles? Well, this is why. Well, there was a fire. This is the this is the episode that explains how the Tribbles evolved uh-huh. into the Troubles. Troubles. So is that how we're going to do the the new episode beginning every time? Because that was a lot of fun. But I have to say like the, tell me a tragedy, Danae. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. This got heavy. Um, I thought yeah, we but were I'll let talk you pick about the, Star Trek. <laughs> I'll let you pick the things next time. Okay, okay. So we might have something happier. I just went really dark. <laughs> no, that's great. That's I great. I burnt down all the tribbles. That's how you start a show, though. You have to have the, the drama of the show. Yeah. And then you spend like the opening theme song, just like, oh, what's going to happen next? Hooked, hooked, hooked. Mm-hmm. And to be I'm fair, super hooked. in 50 years or 55 years of Star Trek, we've never seen a family of Tribbles in a house fire. <laughs> Until now. Do you think that there's any chance that someone listening is like a Star Trek writer and they're like, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
I want to write All right, Star Captain's Trek. Pod fans, you know what to do. Head to Twitter. Start a petition. <laughs> get Ian and Danae on the writing team for any of the Star Trek shows. We don't care. We're probably yeah. best suited to Lower Decks, the animated one. Reference that moment in the podcast where we yep. create the most amazing storyline you've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited for today, though. I have, um, I listened to, you know, uh, our episodes and um, it's really interesting because I just, I think I just re-listened to the episode where it was the exposition dump episode. Uh Oh my gosh. And then of course the next, uh, the next episode that we did had more movement in it. And so that was fun. And, And so here we are now going even further. Therefore, finally on a fucking ship. <laughs> right, are we ready to start an episode? No.